إن الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا وسيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله أما بعد so carrying on with Kitab al-Tawheed, we're nearing the end of it now, the final few chapters. Today we're on the chapter, Bab ma jaa fi kathrat al-halif. The chapter regarding the excessive oath-taking. The excessiveness in oath-taking, and that is what is mentioned in this particular chapter. الشيخ الفوزان he says مناسبة هذا الباب لكتاب التوحيد the reason why this chapter has been mentioned in كتاب التوحيد أن الاستهانة بالحلف بالله تنقص التوحيد that degradation or belittlement of taking oaths by Allah, it is a degradation of tawheed. It is a deficiency in tawheed that a person belittles taking oaths by Allah. كَمَا أَنَّ تَعْظِيمَ الْحَلِفِ بِاللَّهِ مِنْ كَمَالِ التَّوْحِيدِ Because signifying the greatness and having that respect and honor for taking an oath by Allah, that indicates the greatness or the perfection of Tawheed. The perfection of Tawheed is in understanding the greatness of taking an oath by Allah. But the deficiency in Tawheed is when a person belittles the value and the importance of taking oaths by Allah. So this chapter, Babu Maja'a, that which has been mentioned about taking excessive oaths, meaning regarding the threat upon a person who is taking excessive oaths. Walhalif kama sabak. And taking an oath is, as we mentioned in the past, ta'kidu shay, to emphasize something, بِذِكْرِ مُعَظَّمْ بِأَحَدِ حُرُوفِ الْقَصْبِ By mentioning something with respect and honor and veneration by one of the words indicating an oath. So you say, for example, by Allah. When you say by, the word by here indicates your oath. By Allah, X, Y, and Z. So that is the oaths that we are mentioning. In Arabic you can say Wallahi, you can say Billahi, you can say Tallahi, Wow and Ba and Ta, all of them indicating by Allah. وَكَثْرَةُ الْحَلِفِ مَعْنَاهَا الْإِكْثَارُ مِنَ الْأَيْمَانِ فِي كُلِّ مُنَاسَبَةِ 
وقد يكون في غير داع لليمين إلا التغرير بالناس وخداع الناس كحالة المنافقين So when a person takes oaths excessively You are going to fall into a scenario whereby you are taking oaths unnecessarily Taking oaths in situations where there is no need for any oath to be taken. Taking oaths in situations where it is not required nor necessary for any oath to be taken. And sometimes a person may even transgress beyond that and begin to take oaths purely to deceive people upon something which is actually not correct. As it is mentioned about the munafiqun, the munafiqun used to take these oaths excessively. They used to take many oaths, swearing by Allah, to deceive the people. Allah said in the Quran, وَيَحْلِفُونَ عَلَى الْكَذِبِ وَهُمْ يَعْلَمُونَ They take oaths upon lies, and they know. They take oaths upon lies, and they know. Like when you say, somebody says, he swears by Allah that something happened, but it never really happened. He swears by Allah about something which isn't true. And that's what the munafiqun used to do. They used to take the oaths on lies, and they knew they were lies. Similarly, Allah said in the Qur'an, وَلَا تُطِعْ كُلَّ حَلَّافٍ مَّهِينَ Halaf is somebody who takes many oaths, excessive in their oath-taking once again. So these ayat, they indicate that it is not praiseworthy to be excessive in oath-taking. وَاللَّهُ جَلَّ وَعَلَى ذَكَرَ ذَلِكَ مِنْ صِفَاتِ الْمُنَافِقِينَ And Allah has mentioned this as a characteristic of the hypocrites. Excessive oath-taking, excessive swearing. فَقَالْ وَلَيَحْلِفُنَّ إِنْ أَرَدَنَا إِلَّا الْحُسْنَى وَاللَّهُ يَشْهَدُ إِنَّهُمْ لَكَاذِبُونَ They take an oath, the munafiqeen, that we only wanted good. But Allah testifies indeed they are liars. They take oaths, the hypocrites. They say they swear by Allah, but they are still lying. Similarly, Allah said in the Quran, اتَّخَذُوا أَيْمَانَهُمْ جُنَّةً They took their oaths as a defense. They took their oaths as a protective barrier, as a defense. How? They took their oaths, meaning they would continuously swear by Allah upon their lies in order to keep a defense for themselves, to keep a pretense up amongst the people by carrying on taking these oaths by Allah upon lies. So now then in this chapter, the first ayah, after that introduction, we've come to know 
taking oaths excessively can end up in a belittlement of the oaths. A person in reality gives no value to it. He's taking an oath in everything, in every situation, even when it's not required. And particularly, worse is the one who takes these oaths and he lies. As the munafiqeen, the hypocrites used to take oaths and they used to lie. The first ayah mentions, وَحْفَظُوا أَيْمَانَكُمْ Guard over your oaths. Guard over the oaths. وَحْفَظُوا أَيْمَانَكُمْ لَمَّا ذَكَرَ اللَّهُ سُبْحَانَهُ وَتَعَالَى كَفَّارَةُ الْأَيْمَانِ فِي سُورَةِ الْمَائِدَةِ فِي قَوْلِهِ تَعَالَى لَا يُؤَاخِذُكُمُ اللَّهُ بِاللَّغْوِ فِي أَيْمَانِكُمْ وَلَكِنْ يُؤَاخِذُكُمْ بِمَا عَقَّدْتُمُ الْأَيْمَانِ فَكَفَّارَتُهُ إِطْعَامُ عَشَرَةِ مَسَاكِينَ مِنْ أَوْسَطِ مَا تُطْعِمُونَ أَهْلِيكُمْ أَوْ كِسْوَتُهُمْ أَوْ تَحْرِيرُ رَقَابَهَا فَمَنْ لَمْ يَجِدْ فَصِيَامُ ثَلَاثَةِ أَيَّامِ ذَلِكَ كَفَّارَةُ أَيْمَانِكُمْ إِذَا حَلَفْتُمْ وَاحْفَظُوا أَيْمَانَكُمْ كَذَلِكَ يُبَيِّنُ اللَّهُ لَكُمْ آيَاتِهِ لَعَلَّكُمْ تَشْكُرُونَ In this ayah, Allah mentioned the expiation of the one who breaks his oath. And it mentions here that you are to feed ten poor people or clothe ten poor people or free a slave. And if you are not able to do any of that, then fast for three days. This is mentioned as the expiation of the one who breaks his oath. This also indicates therefore the value that oath-taking has, that Allah has placed upon it an expiation if you fail to keep your oath. Expiation of feeding the poor, clothing the poor, freeing a slave, fasting three days. There is an expiation if you fail to keep your oath, indicating the greatness of taking oaths and the value behind an oath. So in this ayah where it mentions, guard over and protect your oaths. The scholars have mentioned different opinions on the tafsir of this ayah. The first opinion, al-qawlu al-awwal, anna ma'na wahfadu aymanakum, ay la tahlifu. The first tafsir given of this ayah, guard over your oaths. Some of the scholars say the meaning of that is, don't take oaths. Guard over them, meaning, meaning keep them preserved. Don't take them in the first place. Protect yourself and guard yourself regarding oath-taking and don't take oaths. Some of the scholars say that's what this ayah means. Guard and protect the oaths, meaning don't take them. Ayla tahlifu nahyun anil halif. فَلَا يَحْلِفُ الْإِنسَانِ إِلَّا إِذَا دَعَتْ إِلَى ذَلِكَ حَاجَةً وَيَكُونُ صَادِقًا فِي يَمِينِهِ كَمَا قَالَ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ مَنْ حَلِفَ بِاللَّهِ فَلْيَصْدُقْ وَمَنْ حُلِفَ لَهُ بِاللَّهِ فَلْيَرْضَ وَمَنْ لَمْ يَرْضَ فَلَيْسَ مِنَ اللَّهِ So a person does not take any oaths 
He don't start saying, I swear by Allah, this and that. Unless there is some necessity. Some necessity arises, some scenario, some situation arises. Then so be it, if the person is truthful in the oath that he is taking. But otherwise, do not take oaths. That is what some of the scholars say for this ayah. So the meaning of that would be, أَمْرٌ بِحِفْظِهَا يَتَضَمَّنُ النَّهْيَ عَنِ الْحَلِفِ إِلَّا إِذَا دَعَتِ لَذَلِكَ حَاجَةً So guarding over these oaths, the meaning of it is, don't take them in the first place, unless there is some necessity and you are truthful when you do it. كَأَنْ يُطْلَبْ أَوْ يَطْلُبُ مِنْهُ الْقَاضِي الْيَمِينَ لِخَصْمِهِ For example, there was a dispute between two people. And so the judge requests from one of them in this dispute, take an oath upon what you're saying. Necessity now. In that situation, a dispute has occurred. The judge is telling you, take an oath upon what you're saying. So you take an oath upon what you are saying uh, and that you are truthful upon what you are saying. فَإِذَا كَانَ بَارًا وَصَادِقًا عَلَى نَفِي أَوْدَعَتْ حَاجَةٌ إِلَى الْيَمِينَ لِيُزِيلَ شُكُوكًا حَصَلَتْ لِأَخِيهِ فِيهِ Or another situation may be, maybe some doubts are spread about you, some rumors are spread about you, and you need to convince the person and remove these doubts and rumors from his mind, so you take an oath telling him they're not true. To remove those doubts and the whisperings of the shaitan from his mind. You tell him as an oath, you take an oath and you tell him these rumors are made up, they are lies, never occurred, to remove that whispering from the mind of the people who have heard these rumors and lies about you. That is a necessity, to remove those whisperings and doubts from the people's minds about you, things which are completely untrue about you. So you take an oath to free yourself of those affairs that have been attributed to you, and they are not in reality upon you. فَيُرِيدُ أَنْ يُبَرِّئَ نَفْسَهُ أَنْ يُزِيلَ مَا فِي نَفْسِ أَخِيهِ بِأَنْ يَحْلِفَ لَهُ وَهُوَ بَارٌ فِي يَمِينِهِ فَهَذَا لِحَاجَةً so that, it, that would be a need, that would be a need considered as a necessity too. Otherwise though, generally speaking, when there isn't any need or necessity, then the scholars upon this opinion, they say the meaning of the ayah is, you do not take any oaths. Al-Qawl al-Thani, the second opinion is, وَحْفَظُوا أَيْمَانَكُمْ أَيْ بِالْكَفَّارَةِ إِذَا حَنِثْتُمْ فَاحْفَظُوهَا يَعْنِ كَفِّرُوا عَنْهَا فَالْكَفَّارَةِ حِفْظٌ لِلْيَمِينِ وَاحْتِرَامٌ لَهَا Guard your oaths. Some of the scholars say the meaning of the ayah is if you break your oath, then guard it and preserve it by doing what? The expiation. They say the tafsir of this ayah is basically saying if you break an oath that you've made, then you must make sure you expiate it with that expiation that was mentioned in the ayah. That would then be preserving your oath. But if you don't, then you have let slip. So guard your oaths. And if you break them, expiate them as Allah commanded. Expiate those oaths as Allah commanded. And that is therefore then guarding and preserving and honoring the oaths that you may have fallen short in. Then we come to the second text.
the hadith of Abu Hurairah. رضي الله عنه قال سمعت رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم يقول الحلف منفقة للسلعة ممحقة للكسب He said I heard the messenger of Allah صلى الله عليه وسلم say that al-halif man faqatun lis-sil'ah ay murawwijah lis-sil'ah wa sababun linifaqiha wa huwa khurujuha min yadi sahibiha ila zaba'in that taking an oath it is a a means which sells the item a person who is a trader somebody selling something you take an oath upon your item and the goods and the quality etc. Then that is something which aids in the sale of it. That is something which aids in the sale of it. Because people will then be more inclined to believe what you tell them regarding this product. لِأَنَّ النَّاسِ يُصَدِّقُونَ صَاحِبَهَا فَيَشْتَرُونَهَا the people will then be more inclined to believe the seller and buy from him. فَإِذَا حَلِفَ أَنَّ هَذِهِ سَلْعَةٌ مِنَ النَّوْعِ الْجَيِّدِ أَوْ حَلِفَ أَنَّ هَذِهِ سَلْعَةٌ سِيمَتْ بِكَذَا وَكَذَا أَوْ حَلِفَ أَنَّهُ اشْتَرَاهَا بِكَذَا فَإِنَّ هَذَا سَبَبٌ لِنِسَدِّقَهُ النَّاسِ وَنِشْتَرُوهَا مِنْهُ So if the seller takes an oath that the quality of this item is of such and such a level, or takes an oath that this item has certain characteristics and descriptions to it. Or takes an oath that he himself bought it for a certain amount and therefore he's only getting a certain profit from the sale value to you. He takes oaths upon certain affairs. The people will then be more inclined to believe these details that he's giving them. لِأَنَّ الْمُسْلِمِينَ يُعَظِّمُونَ الْيَمِينَ because the Muslims, they give honor, respect to the oath. You take an oath by Allah, swearing in the name of Allah, that is something big. It is not something that you just lie about here and there. So a Muslim, when he hears that, you feel some more inclination to believe the person. So then the per- they will buy that item. So they will have good thoughts of that person making these oaths. And they will say, surely he is telling the truth. Making the oaths, then surely he is telling the truth. So that will then aid in the person buying the item. They will believe what they hear. Also the Prophet ﷺ said, مَمْحَقَةٌ لِلْكَسْبَ الْمَحْقْ يعني الإزالة أي أن اليمين تزيل الكسب إما بأن تزيل البركة منه ولو بقي ولا ينتفع به صاحبه وإما بأن تزيل أصل المال بالتلف والآفات فلا يبقى عنده هذا الكسب بل يمحقه الله كما قال تعالى يمحق الله الربا ويربي الصدقات فالمحق قد يكون معنويا بمعنى محق البركة محق البركة 
من المال فلا يكون مباركا على صاحبه ولا ينتفع به ولا يتصدق منه وقد يكون محقا حسيا بأن يتلف الله المال بآفة أو بسرقة أو بالنهب أو بتسلط ظالم أو غير ذلك The second part of the narration says that it will ممحقة للكسب These oaths they remove either the barakah from you they remove the baraka from you, uh, or they cause the blessing and the goodness of that wealth to be removed from you. Why and how? If a person takes an oath upon a lie. A person takes an oath upon a lie to sell an item. Then the narration says, the barakah will be taken out of the wealth that you take. You sell that item upon a lie, an oath of a lie. Then the money you receive, the barakah will be taken out of it. Or even the scholar said, the meaning of the hadith is that money will be lost upon you. It will either be stolen from you or something else occurs. And that money is not uh, beneficial to you. You don't benefit from the money you get from that sale. Due to having sold it upon a lie. And this is something which occurs with regret from the people. Traders or anybody in any type of business selling upon lies. Selling their goods upon lies. Selling their trade upon lies. This hadith gives a warning that the one who engages in that type of trade, there will be no barakah left in your wealth, if your wealth even remains. Your wealth may be taken from you, something occurs and you don't benefit from that money you take due to your false statements and your false oaths. On one occasion, in Medina, an individual was selling the fragrances, those bottles of fragrances. So he was bartering the price. So I offered him a particular price for this bottle of fragrance. He said to me, took an oath. Took an oath. He said, that price you've offered, it's below the price I pay for them. I wouldn't make any money at all. I'd make a loss if I gave it to you at the offer you've made. Took an oath. I buy them for more than that. A couple of minutes later, a couple of minutes more of bartering, and all of a sudden he sells to me at the offer that I made. So then I said to him, what happened to your oath? You've just sold to me at a loss. Why have you sold to me at a loss? And then he smirked or smiled, you know, knowing that he'd been caught on his lie now. Knowing that he was lying to me, telling me that this price I'd offered was actually below the price he pays for them. Taken an oath upon it. And then afterwards still selling it below that because he knew he was still making profit on the lower price. So this is from the evil. It is an evil characteristic to be upon. And in this hadith it mentions if you do that, then your wealth will be taken from you. It may be stolen from you. Something else may occur. That wealth you take upon this lie from the customers, it will not benefit you. So this narration says, clearly when people take oaths, it makes the selling process easier. People are more inclined to believe you. But if you take those oaths upon lies and sell, then the barakah is taken from you. If not, your actual wealth is taken from you. 
and at least you do not benefit from that wealth. Hadith in Bukhari and Muslim. Then we have the narration of Salman. أَنَّ رَسُولَ اللَّهِ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ قَالْ Salman al-Farisi in this narration he mentions رضي الله عنه that the messenger of Allah صلى الله عليه وسلم said ثَلَاثَةٌ لَا يُكَلِّمُهُمُ اللَّهُ وَلَا يُزَكِّيهِمْ وَلَهُمْ عَذَابٌ أَلِيمٌ Three types of people Allah will not speak to them and will not purify them and will be upon them a severe punishment. Ushimat zanin wa'a'il mustakbir wa'rajulun ja'ala Allah bida'atahu la yashtari illa biyamine wa la yabi'u illa biyamine. So in this narration now, it mentions there are three types of people who Allah will not speak to on the day of judgment. Because Allah speaking to the people, that is an honor, dignity for the person that is creator, Allah speaks to him. So the fact that Allah does not speak to someone, that is a degradation to that person. So three types of people whom Allah will not speak to on that day. And will not purify them. وَلَا يُزَكِّيهِمْ يَعْنِ لَا يُطَهِّرُهُمْ Allah will not purify them. And instead they will have عَذَابٌ أَلِيمٌ They will have a tormenting punishment. أَلِيم يعني موجع. They will have a punishment which is tormenting, severe upon them. So who are these three? These three are upon this threat. Then the Prophet ﷺ clarified who these three are. And notice the manner which the hadith is mentioned. At first it mentions these characteristics. Three types of people Allah will not speak to them nor purify them, but instead they will have a severe punishment. Yet it hasn't been mentioned who they are yet. Hence the person is now attracted. He's focused wants to find out who are these three types of people then? Who are they that Allah won't even speak to them, won't purify them, and instead they'll have a severe punishment? So then the Prophet ﷺ mentions it to them. Firstly, Al-Ushaymit Al-Ushaymit Zanin This is an individual who is elderly in age, Yet he fornicates. Al-Ushaymit is from the word Ashmat, الذي بدأه الشيب وصغره تحقيرا له. Somebody who has started to become aged. Not somebody young and youthful anymore. Somebody who has started to become aged. Becoming older. And yet... Despite the elder age and the lack of desire compared to a youth, despite that, this person engages in fornication. Then this is mentioned as the first type of person. No doubt fornication is an ugly and despicable act. And it is one of the major sins 
And Allah mentioned in the Quran, وَلَا تَقْرَبُوا zina." Do not even come close to the fornication. Meaning, do not even take the paths that lead to it, let alone going to it itself. Do not even go upon the pathways, upon the actions, upon whatever it may be that leads to it, let alone it itself. فَهُوَ قَبِيحٌ مُسْتَهْجًا مَرَضٌ It is a disease in society, مُدَمِّرْ لِلْأَخْلَاقِ Destroys your character. You are degraded, the one who engages in that act. مُدَمِّرٌ لِلْمُجْتَمَعِ Destroys society. مُضَيِّعْ لِلنَّصَلِ Destroys and loses your lineages. Fornication. How many do you see in the societies now, they don't even know who the father is? Women give birth and they don't even know who the father is. Such are their degradation, is their degradation in their acts. فَهُوَ مُوجِبٌ لِغَضَبِ اللَّهِ This act is something which brings the anger of Allah. وَمُوجِبٌ لِلْعُقُوبَةِ And brings about punishment or it necessitates punishment. الْآجِلَةِ It necessitates punishment. And also diseases within society. وَلَكِنَّهُ يَقْبُحْ مِنْ بَعْضِ النَّاسِ أَكْثَرْ مِنْ أَكْثَرْ Some people who engage in this act though, their engagement of this act is even more despicable than others. The act itself, like we've said, is a despicable act. But some people who engage in it, then their engagement in it is even more despicable than others. So one type of person who engages in this act, and it becomes even more despicable from him, is a person who is becoming more older in age. A youthful person with energy, it is more understandable. It is still as despicable, and the haram and the punishment applies. But a youthful person, it is more understandable. But an elderly person, an elderly person, the act becomes even more despicable that an elderly person, older in age, has engaged in this type of act. Because in an elderly individual, it is expected that the desire is weaker than a youth. So for an elderly individual to go to this act, it indicates a real type of despicable nature in him. Hence it is mentioned here as one of the types of people whom Allah will not speak to, no purify, and they will be in punishment. The elderly one who engages in the acts of fornication. The second type of person, عَائِلٌ mustakbir, A poor person in poverty who is arrogant and haughty. A poor person in poverty who is arrogant and haughty. Arrogance in of itself again is a despicable characteristic. Arrogance and haughtiness in of itself is an evil characteristic. But it becomes even worse again if a person in poverty demonstrates these characteristics. Because a person in poverty isn't in a position to be arrogant and haughty with the people. As they have that saying, to make it understandable, beggars can't be choosers. That is similar to this, saying a person who is a beggar, who is in poverty, who is in... Uh, need, 
You can't be behaving with arrogance to the people and haughtiness to the people. You're the one in need of the help of the people. So this indicates how evil this act is. A person in poverty, yet he is still upon arrogance and haughtiness against the people when he is the one in need of the help of the people. So that again indicates an evil characteristic from this person. وَقَدْ يَسْتَكْبِرُ عَلَىٰ عِبَادِ اللَّهِ وَيَرَىٰ أَنَّهُ فَوْقَهُمْ وَأَنَّهُ أَعْلَىٰ مِنْهُمْ هذا أيضا من أكبر الكبائر بعد شرك بالله لكن الكبر من العائل أشد لأنه لا داعي للكبر فيه A person in poverty has no need to be arrogant and haughty Why is he going to be arrogant and haughty? He's in poverty Poor person, nothing with him Why, For what reason will he be arrogant and haughty? Somebody rich You expect them to become arrogant and haughty He's got all the money, all the luxury He's arrogant on the people But somebody who's in poverty for what cause and reason is he going to be arrogant upon the people? Makes no sense for him to be arrogant. So for that type of person to engage in this act of arrogance upon the people is a despicable act. When he has no need to be arrogant, he's in the opposite situation. Yet he still engages in that evil act of arrogance and haughtiness upon the people. The third person. رَجُلٌ جَعَلَ اللَّهُ بِضَاعَتَهُ A person, man or woman. Who جَعَلَ بِضَاعَتَهُ يَعْنِي أَنَّهُ لَا يَشْتَرِي إِلَّا بِيَمِينِهِ وَلَا يَبِيعِ إِلَّا بِيَمِينِهِ كَمَا فَسَّرَهُ سَأَسَلَّمْ لَا يَشْتَرِي إِلَّا بِيَمِينِهِ وَلَا يَبِيعِ إِلَّا بِيَمِينِهِ A person who does not buy A person who does not buy anything upon uh, Except upon an oath And does not sell anything except upon an oath Meaning he is a person who engages in Excessive oath-taking Somebody who engages in excessive oath-taking And therefore belittles the value of oaths in reality Engages in those oaths to an excessive manner And therefore degrades and belittles the value of the oaths فَهُوَ يُكْثِرُ مِنَ الْحَلِفِ بِاللَّهِ Out of negligence of the value of oath-taking He's just taking oaths all the time فَكَانَ جَزَأَهُ هَذِي الْعُقُوبَاتِ الثَّلَاءِ So then he is upon this characteristic of the punishments that were mentioned. In particular, if a person was lying, buying upon lies, selling upon lies, then as we mentioned before again, that is also upon the types of characteristics that deserve a punishment. فالواجب على المسلم what is required upon a Muslim is أن يصدق في معاملته مع الناس that a Muslim is truthful with his dealings with the people to be truthful with his dealings with the people and not to lie but to be truthful with his dealings with the people في بيعه وشرائه particularly in his buying and his selling buying and selling to be truthful if the product you're selling has a defect, then tell the buyer that it has a defect. To be honest about your trade, then this is something which is required. وَالدُّنْيَا مَهْمَا حَصَّلَ مِنْهَا فَإِنَّهَا لَا تُغْنِهِ عَنِ الْآخِرَةِ Because a person when he sells and he's engaged in his trade, and he thinks that he will cover up a few defects, and be deceptive with his descriptions, and make a lot of money that way, the Shaykh says, whatever money you make in this world, whatever deception you may do, or whatever 
descriptions you may conceal, whatever you may do with your trade and whatever money you may make, it will not suffice you anything in the hereafter. Whatever you think you're making now, the bank account is increasing now, it does not suffice you anything in the hereafter. وَالْكَسْبَ الْحَلَالِ وَإِنْ كَانَ يَسِيرًا فَإِنَّ فِيهِ الْبَرَكَةِ وَفِيهِ الْخَيْرِ Having a small income, even if it's a small income, if it's a halal income, then that is the income that has the baraka in it. The baraka will be in the person who earns the halal income, even if it's only a small amount that he earns. Compared to somebody earning more and a lot, but with means that are not trustworthy and truthful. Then the small income is better for that person and the barakah is in that. So the narration again is highlighting to us that the one who takes the plentiful oaths, then that individual is upon error to do so, because taking oaths left, right and center, it indicates a belittlement of those oaths and a belittlement of swearing by Allah. Then, Sahih in Sahih Muslim and Sahih Bukhari also similar to it, عن إمران بن حسين رضي الله عنه قال قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم خير أمة قرني ثم الذين يلونهم ثم الذين يلونهم The best of my ummah or my generation The Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم said the best of my ummah are my generation Then those who follow them, then those who follow them so the best of this nation, agreed upon by the scholars, is that first generation. The generation of the Sahaba, the companions. The best of the generations, the best of this ummah, are the companions. They had the virtue of seeing the Prophet ﷺ, or meeting the Prophet ﷺ. They had that virtue of being with the Prophet ﷺ. And that is a virtue nobody else has after the companions. So the best of all of this ummah is the generation of the companions. Then the students of the companions, the next generation, and then the next generation. Those are the three generations that are mentioned as the virtuous generations. The three generations of virtue that the Prophet ﷺ mentioned. So the companions come first, then the tabi'een. ثُمَّ الَّذِينَ يَلُونَهُمْ That is the tabi'een. Those who came after the companions. They were students of the companions. They were the generation after the companions. Then after that is the tabi'een. Those who come after the tabi'een. The third generation. Then Imran says, قَالْ فَلَا أَدْرِي أَذَكَرَ بَعْدَ قَرْنِهِ مَرَّتَيْنَ أَوْ ثَلَاثَا did the Prophet ﷺ say, the best of the generations are my generation, then those who follow, then those who follow? Or did he just say, my generation, then those who follow, then those who follow, then those who follow? Meaning, was it mentioned up to four generations, or was it mentioned only up to three generations? But the point of the narration then follows, ثُمَّ إِنَّ بَعْدَكُمْ Then after those generations, قَوْمٌ A group of people, يَشْهَدُونَ وَلَا يُسْتَشْهَدُونَ They witness, but their witnessing is not taken. وَيَخُونُونَ And they are, uh, they betray, they betray the people. وَلَا يُؤْتَمَنُونَ And they cannot be trusted. وَيُنْذِرُونَ 
وَيَنْظُرُونَ وَلَا يُوفُونَ And they make vows and they do not fulfill the vows. وَيَظْهَرُ فِيهِمْ أَسْصَمِنْ And excessiveness in weight is seen in them. Gluttony is seen in them. So the words they use in English. Obesity. Obesity is seen in them. This narration is mentioned here to highlight this point again about the oaths. In particular where it mentions after those generations then will come another generation, will come people, and their characteristics will be يَشْهَدُونَ وَلَا يُسْتَشْهَدُونَ Meaning they take testifications, oaths upon things, even though nobody is requesting that of them. لَا يُسْتَشْهَدُونَ Nobody is requesting from them oaths, yet they randomly take oaths upon everything. And they are hasty to take oaths in everything. So this indicates that these people have a belittlement of oaths. Everything. I swear by Allah this, I swear by Allah that. Everything. Everything they do, whatever they say, I swear by Allah this, I swear by Allah that. As if it doesn't even mean anything, just a phrase they're saying. It's belittlement of it. So this is something which you see as part of their characteristics. Their constant oath taking, even though it is not requested of them, there is no necessity from them. That's a characteristic mention of these people who will come after those generations. And they are treacherous, they betray the people. And they cannot be trusted. Betrayal and a lack of trust is a characteristic from the characteristics of the munafiqeen. It's a characteristic of the hypocrites. The Prophet ﷺ mentioned there are signs of the hypocrites. One of them is, إِذَا حَدَّثَ كَذَبْ When he speaks, he lies. إِذَا وَعَدَ أَخْلَفْ When he makes a promise, he breaks it. وَإِذَا تُمِنَ خَانْ When he is trusted with something, he betrays that trust. So this is one of their characteristics mentioned, that they betray the people and they cannot be trusted. Similarly, it mentions... That they take oaths, they take vows, yet they do not fulfill the vows that they make. So this again indicates their betrayal and indicates their treachery. That they take these vows and they do not fulfill these vows. And this obesity, this obesity appears within them. This narration is mentioned to highlight the state of these people. In particular, at the end, it gives you a physical description. يَظْهَرُ فِيهِمْ سِمَنُ الْأَجْسَامِ Obesity in their bodies. لِأَنَّهُمْ يَرَفَّهُونَ أَنفُسَهُمْ وَيَشْتَغَلُونَ بِمَلَذَّاتِهِمْ وَشَهْوَاتِهِمْ وَإِنْسَوْنَ الْآخِرَةِ وَإِنْسُونَ الْحِسَابِ because they engage themselves in their desires, eating and drinking, and that's what they engage themselves in this world. Eat and drink and food and luxury, that's all they do, so you see fatness in them, obesity in them. Eating and drinking and relaxing and no work and nothing. They don't give any importance to their hereafter. Their importance is to this world. So this narration is to highlight this badness of these types of people. The dispraiseworthiness of these types of people. And one of the characteristics of the dispraiseworthiness is, they betray their trust and they make vows and they don't fulfill them. And they take oaths when there is no need for them. 
So this again is to highlight, the narration is there to show that it's not upon a person, it's not correct for a person to be taking oaths all the time, swearing by Allah upon this, swearing by Allah upon that, taking oaths on various things without necessity. Then in the next narration also the same thing it mentions from Ibn Mas'ud, that the Prophet said, the best of the people are my generation. Then those who come after them. Then those who come after them. Then those who come after them. Then those who this narration highlights again those early good generations that come And then the Prophet ﷺ says after that there will come a group of people Who do not care about taking oaths They take their oaths randomly And they swear by Allah randomly And they are hasty in doing so And they do not give any concern to it or any importance to it so this is a dispraiseworthiness of those people again. Another narration highlighting the impermissibility of randomly just taking oaths all the time. Finally, it's mentioned from Ibrahim and Nakhai, one of the great Tabi'een. وَكَانُوا يَضْرِبُونَنَا عَلَى الشَّهَادَ That they used to beat us. He said the Salaf. He met the Salaf. He said they used to beat us. Particularly, he's talking even about the companions regarding the oaths, the taking the oath and swearing by Allah, meaning they would teach them the manners of oaths. That this isn't just something randomly you just do, I swear by Allah, this, I swear by Allah, that. This is in necessity and this has value to it and it is greatness of Allah in it. So he says, when we were young, they used to teach us severely about the importance of these oaths. And the value of these oaths and the greatness of Allah within these oaths. And that a person who doesn't have that understanding, doesn't have this value to the oaths that is taken by Allah, then he is in reality indicating a belittlement of those oaths and therefore a belittlement in his tawheed. Not understanding the greatness of Allah that is taking an oath by Allah. So that is something mentioned in Kitab al-Tawheed. The issue of these oaths and the taking of oaths, and that it is from the perfection of your tawheed to understand the greatness of these oaths that you're taking in the name of Allah, and it is deficiency if you start to be negligent in that affair. That's the end of the chapter, we'll leave it at the end of that. Begin with the new chapter next week, insha'Allah ta'ala, uh, which is also uh, related to oaths, and then moving on to some other topics. So insha'Allah we'll conclude upon that for now. وصلى الله على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين